Well, welcome everybody to the Daily Intimacy. Today is Tuesday, October 20th, and it's my father's birthday, so today I definitely know the date. Um, I am very happy to be here with you this morning and to have um, small friends with us as well, families, and everybody who's here. Welcome. Let's have a deep breath in and gently close our eyes for a moment and center before we start. Just allow your eyes to close or just an, an inner focus. Um, just an inner focus. Deep, deep breath all the way down into the belly and exhale. And just notice on a deeper level how you're doing this morning. <sighs> Keep breathing. On the next exhalation, I'm gonna invite you to have the intention to just let go of any energy that's not yours whether that is something you're familiar with or not, or believe or don't believe, it's really helpful to clear your energy in the morning after sleep and also at night before bed. So you can just exhale, letting go, and just have that intention, like anything that's not yours, just fall to the ground. And then on the next breath, I invite you to put your hand on your heart, one or two hands on your heart. And letting go of your thinking mind, I invite you to drop down to that heart space. And ask yourself the question, what's, what's the most important thing you can do today, either for yourself or you don't even have to fill in that last part. What's the most important thing you can do today? Let's see if you can listen to the heart, not to your head. And just notice what shows up. Have a deep breath. <sighs> let that integrate. And the last piece is gratitude. One, two, three, four, five, six things, however comes to you right away that you're grateful for. And let that gratitude be not just words, but a visceral embodied experience. <clears throat> Someone told me recently that we have 500,000 new cells every day in our body. And so what I'm doing is programming those cells to feel gratitude. So that they come in with a 
dose of gratitude and just let that energy permeate my body, my mind and my spirit. So with that, I invite you to have a breath and gently open your eyes and come on back. Great, nice to see everybody. Nice to see you, Emily, Edie. Um, Leora, do you wanna put those, uh, if people want, because Matthew said, when you come late, you can't see the chat earlier, which I think is sometimes true for people. So if you wanna repost them, feel free in case anybody wants to see those links, they're really cool. In the meantime, I'm going to introduce Kristen, Kristen Condon, who is um, actually a friend of Leora's. So thank you, Leora, <laughs> for bringing Kristen to us. And um, Kristen and I just met when we spoke on the phone about a month ago now, I would say, but gosh, from your energy, I just love you right away. And um, I, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself, but I saw a picture of you and Marie Kondo, which is really cool. I started studying some of her work around, um, I actually do like big cleanings of my home pretty much every year, I've always done that. But once I got in touch with her work um, to help really, really clear out things and make uh, my home into a really sacred place so that I wasn't holding on to like um, energy that I didn't need to, but I'm still doing it, I did a big big piece about a month ago and even bigger over the summer. <laughs> my friends think I am pretty much like when I'm doing that, I'm like out of my mind because I got rid of things that they would never let go of. Anyway, that's just a piece I know, but um, I, I just wanted to say that, that I sacred home and sacred space is so important to me and always has been uh, as an adult. And um, I know you have more to share about that, so. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you. I'm so uh, honored to be here. You've just created this beautiful space and I'm so grateful to be here. Uh, so yes, I'm a decluttering coach. I also do some productivity coaching. Uh, productivity with soul, not a perfectionist uh, productivity. And uh, I just want to share today how, how we can use decluttering and uh, clearing our space to help us really discover who we are, what, what's important to us, and to really align our home with our, our ideal vision for our life and, and how we wanna spend it uh, in a very intentional, intentional, sacred way. And so I'll start off by kind of giving you how I got here. Uh, it's a, kind of a long story, but I will, I will edit it a bit. And then I'll talk a little bit about the KonMari method, some of the um, principles, and then I have some uh, sort of prompts and questions to kind of get you started. So how did I get here to being a decluttering coach? Because many years ago, um, I started as a speech and language pathologist. I worked with very small children uh, with disabilities um, and their parents uh, from birth to three. And about 16 years ago, I was, I was married. I had a daughter, I was pregnant. And I was, uh, went into labor kind of a little bit on the early side and I was having a C-section and I'm, um, if you've had a C-section, you're sort of lying on the table with your <laughs> arms out in this, this big blue drape in front of me. It's like so close to your face, you kind of have to turn away from it. And I'm lying there and, and we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. And all of a sudden we hear, it's a boy and the crying. And, and then, 
the, the OBGYN comes, her head peeks over the cloth and she says, Kristen, I don't want you to be the last person in the room to know, but I think the baby has Down syndrome. And I thought, what? I, you know, it just, I just, I, I didn't know what to think. I, I, I kind of thought, oh, she's being overly dramatic or concerned and I'm sure it's fine. And so then they, they're cleaning off the baby and my husband is, brings the baby over to my side and I look over and I, I look at his face and I go, she's right. I, can, I could see it in his face. I could see, see that it was the truth. And I don't know if anybody's had this experience before, but it's sort of like your life is going and going up to this one point. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's forever different. Something so dramatic happens that it's just like, wow, like this boom. And then, the, you know, after that, you just have no idea what it's going to be like. So this, this sort of catapulted me into uh, a growth phase that I'm, I'm still in <laughs> 16 years later, he, he just had his birthday a couple of weeks ago. And, um, I, I, I was lost. I didn't know who I was. I was depressed. I was anxious and I ended up in therapy and she helped me really digest, you know, the grief and, and processing what was happening. And then what we really uncovered was that my marriage was, was not solid and we weren't gonna be able to move through it. And so I got divorced and I found myself, I was a hot mess, <laughs> just like a hot mess. I was suddenly living on my own. I had three small children. I was trying to work. I was trying to fix the toilet if it broke because I didn't have money for the plumber. And, you know, it was just chaos. I felt like I had 10 balls and I was trying to roll them up to the top of a hill and they just keep rolling down and I have to try to roll them back up. And I just felt out of control and disconnected from myself and disconnected from everybody. And somehow in that period, this beautiful little book <laughs> came my way and it truly changed my life, that and therapy at the same time. But it, it's the life-changing magic of tidying up by Marie Kondo. And it just, it changed my, it really changed me profoundly. And so her, she takes you through this, this very deep decluttering and so I, I followed the directions and I did this declutter of all my belongings, my home, my memories, everything. And I just felt this sense of clarity, this sense of calm uh, and connection to myself that I, I was so longing for and felt like I'd just been off since my son had been born, that I didn't know who I was anymore. And then I was able to connect with other people, not only because I was able to connect with myself, but my home sort of was open for connection. And um, yeah, it just ushered in so much change. I ended up leaving my job. I became a coach with Marie Kondo. I was so inspired by her that when I found out she was doing a coach training, I was just like, yes, I'm all over it. I want to do this and help other people have this sacred connection to themselves and to their, their belongings in their space and how that spills over into the rest of your life. 
Um, and now I'm actually going even deeper and I'm, I'm training with Martha Beck to become a life coach. Um, and so going even further into that journey. So uh, I, I can't say enough. It's such a mundane thing to go through your belongings and yet it's just such a grounding sacred practice. Uh, the, especially the way that Marie Kondo approaches it. So I just want to go through kind of the basics of her method. There are sort of these basic tenets that are a little bit different from typical decluttering and organizing. And I'll just go through that uh, a little bit in some detail and then talk a bit more about that, this phrase that everybody's heard of probably of spark joy and what that really means and how to access that. Uh, and then I have some, some exercises that we can do to, to to help get us um, in the mood, in the mood. Um, so one of the first principles of her method is that you really need to commit, really um, step in and fully commit because, you know, and as Robin was saying, it's, it's, it's intensive, you know, it's to, to really go deep in on your belongings and, the amount of belongings we accumulate over a lifetime, it really takes a commitment um, to go through intensively so that you can get that full kind of reboot feeling, that full transformation, um, transformational feeling from it. So first thing is to really commit, um, even just clear the decks, look at your calendar, see what how much time you have to do it, pick a time where you, you, you can really devote to it. Um, and the second thing, probably one of the most important things, and I think really makes her method very different is to, is to imagine what your ideal lifestyle is. Really imagine how you wanna live in your home, how you wanna feel in your home when you walk into it. Um, what kinds of activities do you wanna be doing in your home that maybe you aren't doing in your home? Um, and to always keep that why in mind as you, as you're sorting through belongings, deciding what to keep, what to let go of, how to organize the space, that, that why and that higher, um, vision of your life is always in mind and is sort of the guiding post of how you make your decisions. Uh, and then the third principle is to make sure that you finish discarding everything first. Um, often what people do is, you know, you head off to whatever you're at TJ Maxx or home goods and you find this really cool, you know, all these little baskets and these shiny little objects to sort of put everything in and organize. And then you bring it home and try to take all your stuff and stuff it into them, but it sort of doesn't work that way. So making sure that you, you really go through all of your belongings first, deciding what to keep um, less, less focused on what you're letting go of, but more deciding what you want to keep. Um, and then after that's all done top to bottom, then you go through and start organizing and storing. And then the fourth uh, principle is to tidy by category and not by location. So people tend to, you know, I'm going to tidy up the kitchen or I'm going to go tidy up the bedroom. And uh, the KonMari method is different in that you pick, um, there are five different categories and you would gather everything together for that one category in one place so that you really can capture how much you have of something in one place. It can be very shocking. Um, and 
And from there you decide what to keep, what to let go of. So the first category is clothing. Then you go on to books, then paper. Uh, and then the fourth one is kimono, which is a Japanese term for, you know, kind of your stuff, you know, your, your miscellaneous stuff. And then um, the final uh, category is sentimental items. And so she has you go through this order because what you're basically doing is you're, you're, you're learning for yourself to make these decisions about what's important to you and that you're, you're almost honing that muscle. It's a bit of a muscle to be able to do that, to really decide if it, does this really align with me? Does it not align with me? And when you start at clothing, it tends to be the easiest category to, to decide on. And then sentimental items tend to be the most challenging. And that can be different for everybody. I have worked with people who, uh, I had a woman who had uh, all of her mother's clothing and she had just passed away. So clothing was, it was a sentimental item to her. So that, you know, it, it's gonna vary for everybody what's easier or harder to make those decisions. Um, but the basic outline is clothing, books, paper, kimono, sentimental items. And then the final, uh, the final principle is your metric for deciding what to keep is, is all based on joy. You know, what, what sparks joy for you? Um, and that can be kind of a hard concept to, to grasp. It's uh, a Japanese term. I won't even try to pronounce it because I won't be able to do it, do it justice, but it's, my understanding is it's two concepts put together. So the one side of it is, is the sense of your heart, your heart um, fluttering. Uh, and then the other part is like a sense of uh, thriving um, and prosperity and flourishing. So it's these, this sense of these two concepts coming together. Uh, and, and again, a lot of people go, I just, I know it kind of know what you mean, but it seems kind of like hard to access what that is um, when you're actually holding and, and sorting through a bunch of uh, sweaters on your bed. Uh, so I have a few little tricks to kind of help access <laughs> what, what that really means. So the one of the main ways to do it is through comparison. So if you can go through and pick out your three favorite sweaters or your three favorite whatevers, your three favorite mugs, um, scarves, and then that kind of gives you that sense of, oh, this is, those really, those really speak to me. Those really um, feel sacred to me. They feel really important to me. So then you can use that as your comparison for anything else that you're not, you're not really sure of. You're kind of like, eh, I don't know how I feel about it. It's kind of neither here nor there. Um, another way that you can do it is to, again, really hold, hold the item, touch it. And then in that calm space, you can sometimes feel your energy will either kind of lift or sometimes you can feel kind of like a thud, you know, kind of like a drop, a drop in your energy um, when you're holding that item. Again, it, sometimes we have some numbness around that. Doesn't always, we don't always connect to it, but over time you may connect more with that sensation of lifting versus kind of sinking, dropping deflating. Um, sometimes you can ask yourself, would I buy this again? Is something that I'm just kind of hanging on to because I kind of have it and I feel like 
well, I spent money on it, so I don't want to let it go. But would you actually go out and purchase it again? Oftentimes we, the answer is no. Um, and we can let that, that item go. Um, and sometimes this question works too. This, is this something I'm going to, do I envision myself that, that ideal vision I have for my home? Does this, does this sit there in that space? Does this belong in that space? Is that something I want to bring into my future self, my future home? Or is it something kind of stuck in the past and it's time to let go of it? Um, so some of those things can, can help access that. But again, it's like a muscle. You're kind of, it, it's it, the process of decluttering is almost like a, a process of learning how to make decisions about what's, what clicks for you, what brings joy to you and what does it. It's sort of a, a, a um, like a microcosm of just those little decisions that we make, those little decisions we make all day long that kind of create our life, if that makes sense, sort of the, I don't know, those little, those little micro decisions can make such a difference over the long haul. And there's another woman I, I follow, her name's Danielle Laporte. She has the desire map, it's about the core desired feelings. And it's, you know, you decide, it's not about your goals. It's like, how do I wanna feel every day? And then again, those little, what mug you pick, what tea you drink, your, what clothing you decide to put on. Um, it can be all those little teeny decisions add up to, to have you feel a certain way. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely tapping into that. And so in terms of like, it sounds like sort of this arduous, arduous process. So like why bother, right? But I can't tell you the sense of you have more time because you, you have a sense of where things are. You're not losing things. You're, there's a sense of calm. There's a sense of clarity. Um, and then there's like a kind of spillover effect. You'll notice, oh, I'm starting to, maybe you're decluttering your relationships a little bit. You know, is this, I don't know, is this relationship really what I want in my life? Or maybe it needs to sort of move to a further orbit from your center or a job, um, an activity, uh, something you've just been kind of rotely doing and going along and all of a sudden you're like, huh, you know, that doesn't feel right anymore. I don't wanna be doing this anymore. Um, and I feel like that sense of, because of the calm, because of the clarity you, you and all those, micro decisions that you make that sense of um, connection to yourself and then being able to connect with yourself just allows you to connect with other people and the sense of peace in your home makes people want to be in your home so it just has this it just has this fabulous kind of upward spiral um so what do you think rob and i do you want to do breakout rooms or I think I just love this concept and I love how you just okay. described it. I want to okay. say that first. <laughs> sure. I feel like, oh, I want to tell this story and that's yeah. take up time. But um, I just I'll just say quickly that um I mean I don't I don't know how much to share, but <laughs> I'll just say I am someone who um has in the last couple of years gotten rid of all my journals from my 20s and 30s, like gone. And actually about a month ago, I burned one that I found that I didn't know I had. Um, and it was a really difficult year. And I was looking through it and I was like, I don't need this energy anywhere. 
-hmm. And so I had a little ritual burning in my backyard. Um, yeah, I have more to share. But <laughs> it's so important. And I think the one thing you said, you know, the results are calm and clarity. I think we don't realize, um, well, I know I, I, don't, I didn't realize how much those things, those objects with those energies are pulling. We just don't, because we're just used to living with it. And we don't realize until they're gone how clear and calm the space feels without those things in it. I just got three tubs of books out of my basement. I didn't even know I had them there from a partner who passed away 12 years ago. And um, I thought I knew I had one big container and I found three huge container of containers of books, really amazing books. And they're hard to get rid of, but they're all gone. They're they're all gone except for maybe, you know, five, six, maybe ten I kept for myself that I'm interested in. But the rest I the rest I got I passed up, passed on like two weeks ago. So, you know, out with the old in with the new. Yeah. Yeah. And that stagnant can bring such stagnation to us in mm -hmm. some way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can share Mitchell, but I donated a lot of books. I organized them in categories and I, I donated them to people who wanted them. And then I also, there's a great organization that takes books in, uh, in Waltham. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So what's the, um, let's see. Yeah. Let's do a little breakout room. And for those of you that don't want to be in the breakout room, you just stay in the main room. Um, but let's have the invitation first, Kristen. Okay. So what I want to start with is just, when you walk into your home, when you walk through the door, how, how do you feel now? And then what I want to contrast that to is how do you want to feel when you walk in the door? It's simple, but it can, it can make a... So I just put it in the chat. When you walk through the door now, so you have to imagine yourself coming through your front door yeah. anew. How do you feel versus how you want to feel when you walk right. in? That's is a it, great question. Is it, yeah. I mean, sometimes we walk in and there's that, oh, like, oh God, there's that pile of such and such. Oh, you know, there can, we can feel shame. We can feel whatever. And then, you know, or maybe you feel good coming in. Maybe it's, it all feels good. Um, but then is there yeah. what you want to feel that you want to cultivate and, and how we can try and get you there? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So Kristen, just don't go okay. um, when you see it, but let's give, let's give you just like uh, two, three minutes each, each, and I'll keep the time and we'll see you back here in about five minutes.
Okay, worked out and stuck. You hear my cat? <laughs> yeah. Kristen, do you know um, Jean Papagni? No. She's a really good friend of mine. She had a similar experience um, during one of her births, oh. her two children. And um, she's done a lot of, uh, she's a yoga teacher also and a coach. She's really wonderful. You would really like her. And she's, yeah. she's in like yoga classes and coaching groups for women, other women with, um, okay kids with a disability right. or Down syndrome. Her daughter has Down syndrome. Her daughter's a little older than yours. Okay. So she's, she oh. went through a, like a college program. So she's okay. probably 19 or 20 oh, right wow. now. Okay. So her name's Jean Papagni, P-A-P-A-P-A-G-N-I. -P -P okay. I can connect you. You really like each other. You like similar energy. Cool. Yeah, she lives in Hopkinton. Okay. Yeah, Absolutely. she's familiar. Yeah, she's a really great person. Um, I told that story in a while. Yeah, yeah I'm glad you did. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't sure how much to share, but then yeah, I think I think yeah. it helps to build context and oh, we're for so sure, wired to hear people's stories. I think. Oh yeah, and personal stories are like yeah. just bring us to our hearts, which is what it's yeah. all about. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like such a long, it's like, it's like yesterday and it's like eons ago at the same time. Right. I know. Yeah, exactly. I know. 16 years. Yeah. Goes like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I related to the C-section story. Oh yeah. It's so odd that feeling. I remember them saying too, like, or they were going to tie my hands, you know, yeah. sometimes they tie. And I said, oh gosh, please don't do that. <laughs> He's like, if you promise not to move, I promise. <laughs> please don't do that to me. Don't do that. I know. I think my husband held my arms um, so they didn't tie. Yeah. Anything, but yeah. That in and of itself, just a, that's a whole, that in and a of whole itself. morning topic too. Exactly. Yeah, it is. Sections. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The story I didn't tell yet, which I'll just tell briefly here who for whoever's listening in this quiet room. Um, this summer I did a cleanse, like a body cleanse, and um, it was a whole emotional cleanse, of course, as well. And um, I went through my wedding album, which I actually handcrafted myself, and I threw it away. I, I kept 30 photos, threw the whole thing away, and I made a new little album just for my kids so they have a little you know, something. That was a really big thing to do. And I also got all the albums from the 20s and I just, you know, 
pictures of us doing whatever, like who cares, you know, right. who cares more about that hike we took and whatever. Right. Right. So I, I just um, threw it all away. <laughs> yeah. And have you ever regretted it? No. no, I did it this summer. I mean, I have to say the morning that the garbage truck came, I was like, oh, wow, that beautiful album I made is gone. It's like, right, right. You need to go. Like yeah, I'm yeah. Letting go of energy, of remnants of energy. And the right. 30 photos I saved are really nice photos. And Exactly. And those you will enjoy rather than yeah. the pile. That, yeah, who are those people anyway, you know? I mean, it's yeah. really just for my kids. I don't need those albums anymore. It's just, they might want something, you know? Yeah. I did the same thing with my journals. God, that felt so good. Oh, so good. Oh, I remember reading through this like, yeah. oh, God. I know. <laughs> same thing over and over again. Years later, it's like, oh, get wow. rid of it. Boy, was I stuck. <laughs> yeah. My question when I did that for myself was, um, if God forbid anything happened, do I want like people to find these? I don't want my kids to stumble upon these. No. no. <laughs> so I threw them away. <laughs> I know. I think Oprah has, what is it? She has that very good friend. She's like, if anything happens to me, you're burning the journals. <laughs> it's your job to burn yep. the journals. <laughs> exactly. So now nobody has to do that for me because there's nothing to find. <laughs> I kept the ones when I was like 10, you know, right. You yeah. know, 12, like. The little stuff yeah but the rest are gone yeah and fran so veronique's mom cut matt's hair for the first time oh. I, I had to cut his hair in the middle of the night oh he was so phobic mm -hmm. of having his sensory and phobia of getting his hair cut and so mm -hmm. she's the first person like a year ago to cut his hair oh my god yeah so a year ago connection to her oh, <laughs> i worked in early intervention by the way Oh, that's so funny. You said yeah. first three, I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was a big chunk of my life. Yeah. yeah. I love that work. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Almost everybody's back, not everybody. Yeah, I'd like to hear from some people, Kristen, when we yeah, start. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Anyone wants to share out what, what came forward? Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Love to hear from one or two of you before we continue. So just put me in the chat if you want to share. Um, okay, great, Emily. <laughs> Go ahead and unmute. Perfect. Um, I was just talking with Laura, and we we're kind of on the same page where um, I, I'm thinking like, all my roommates are home. We're all home at the same time during the day. And the way I walk into my space, I didn't really think about it. But um, I always encourage my roommates to put stuff up in the house so that they feel like it's their house too because I've lived here the longest. Um, but when we walk in, the dominating features are from mine and the other guy that's lived here the longest. So I'm, I want to include the other two and say, you know, how do you want to feel when you walk in too and just be inclusive about it? I love that. Nice, nice thank you. Okay, Leora and then Linda. Well, Linda was my partner. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, I wanted to say that, um, first of all, it was like so much fun meeting her. Um, but also, um, we had a lot of things in common. Like, um, I was talking about how I have all this stuff on my kitchen table. And I feel like um, if I don't see something, 
I won't remember about it. So it's the same thing with computer tabs. I have like 80 tabs open. You know, my son, my my son, AKA tech advisor is always like telling me you shouldn't have so many tabs open or whatever. So, and Linda could relate to that. So that was, that was cool that we had that in common. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's great. You guys are paired up and Linda. Well, uh, piggyback, like she said, paper and she'll uh, paper is one of my biggest things because I've just almost sold everything that I own. So I'm in a good space as far as that, but paper, I'm moving to apartment temporarily until I uh, can move to Italy. And um, I have a hundred boxes of paper. That's really embarrassing. I mean, it's over a long period of time. And one, and people say, we well, just throw it away, but there it's mixed in with like my so I have a journal from each kid when I was pregnant. Well, I want to keep that. I mean, that's like something I want to keep, but there's probably so much, there's going to be a lot to get rid of, but that's a very hard space for me. Cause it's like something that I want to do. That's usually what it is. Ideas or something like that. So this is a really good and how you feel when you walk in, like right now, my house is empty. Practically. It feels wonderful. I mean, it does, but it also feels wonderful when it has more art on the wall and things like that too. So it's a hard balance, but it's something you have to keep at it looks, it seems like a I lot. I think you're right. I think it is something, I mean, I'm about to actually, I just set aside the next couple of weeks to kind of do another kind of layer because it is a cyclical, it's like a cyclical thing. And I almost feel like I'm preparing like I'm, I'm gathering my nuts for you know for the winter and I'm sort of like preparing my space for for this next sheltering in that I I'm anticipating we're all gonna have um but yeah the papers is really tough it's a really tough category I think um I think too when there's so much it's if you can chunk it down into smaller bits it helps but yeah, I think, I almost think paper is the hardest. She has sentimental items is the most challenging, but I think paper can be very overwhelming. And I think if there's financial stuff in it, it, it can bring a lot of shame and old stories. And um, there's a lot of weight, there's a lot of weight in there. And also the computer. Um, yes. That's another area where my computer, I don't even know how, who can help you with that. And it needs, and my photos, I have, I have like 80, no, I'm like 90,000 photos. So it's not like a little job. And so yes, chunking sounds great, but also who does this stuff to help you? That's like, especially with the computer. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And then I haven't actually come up with a great way to organize photos on the computer. I think it's really challenging. I did do a very deep dive on my photos though, kind of like Robin was talking about, just, I got rid of anything that didn't have a person in it pretty much. <laughs> and I, I think I got rid of 90% of my photos. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you, Linda. Thanks. Um, and I, I put information about if you're local to Boston where you can drop off books at this great organization in the chat. So if anybody who's interested. Okay. Uh, so we could, well, I'm trying, I'm thinking of Bodhi and Sebastian too, and what we, what I can come up with as a question that would capture them too. So I'm thinking, I'm going to skip here, maybe 
do you want to do it's getting on the later side do you think just an open chat about this next question robin okay so what what do you envision or what what do you want to do more of in your home that you aren't doing now so it could be legos it could be uh drawing it could be um making forts it could be playing the piano yoga meditation practice uh, an outdoor space um for the winter with to have people in so if anything comes to mind of what you would like to do more of in your home that you aren't doing now I know for me, I was talking to Robin earlier, I have an outdoor space that's just kind of a skeletal space and I want to uh, make it more of an outdoor room. So thinking of what, what I can do to help make that uh, more of a space to have people over. My parents are elderly and uh, immunocompromised. So, you know, for me to see them this winter in person, I need an outdoor space. So that's my why on that. Now I'm sort of at seating and warmth and blankets and the sensory, the sensory pieces to add to it to make it feel warm and welcoming and connecting. Yeah, interesting. I used to, I went before I moved into this house, which was in 2005, I wanted, I had this vision of just an open space with lots of pillows. And I don't know why, like I didn't want like couches and tables, da da da, but I had a little of that at first. And then I started I got the idea to have some workshops at my house and I really just needed an open space with pillows and all of a sudden years later that's all I had in my space. So I actually have like two living rooms and this sort of den office I'm working in, but one of the rooms is completely empty. Like literally I wish I could I could sort of show, but it's I can't show I could show if I walk around but it's just empty and like I'm somebody came i'm going to show everybody somebody came and was like where's all your furniture <laughs> like i don't need furniture okay no can you see Let's yeah see. totally empty space that's the living room there's a chair and a little book reading area that's it. it love it yeah i like the, the empty zen space Ooh, veronique wants to share go for it Um, what I like to do in my house that I can do anything in my house, I'd be, um, using the, my, my mom's piano and playing my guitar. Great. Big space. Yeah. I, do you want to share more? No. Okay. Yeah. We, I feel like have been doing this, like to make the transition. All right, go ahead. What do you have to say? I like to put my guitar and do the guitar. You like to do the guitar too. Okay. Um, yeah, with the transition to homeschooling, you know, and like we don't have a huge space and Bodie still co-sleeps. So it's like my bedroom also has his clothes in it and whatever. And we yeah have been like working on creating that space and i think it's really it's been helpful it's something that like i've thought a lot about and that's what in the little breakout rooms i was saying i think over the past over the past few years i have definitely been 
maybe more so for like things that I'm acquiring than stuff that I already have, but spending a lot of time like envisioning exactly what it is that I want, exactly how I want that to make me feel. And with everything from like <clears throat> friendships and relationships to actual physical items. And it's like, yeah, just very much a game changer, I think. And then also feeling like the person that you want to be where you're like yes I have those you know uh, some for me it's like shopping sometimes but it's like I envisioned these like knee-high boots for months like visualizing the perfect pair before I could find them not right now and then um like I'm so happy every time I put them on you know what I mean it's it becomes more than just like a physical purchase because you know that you really wanted that I don't know so it's been yeah huge that was so totally adorable thank you <laughs> love to have your kids sharing I was thinking about what Veronique said. It's kind of like our identity, right? Sort of like how we want to feel about ourselves. Laura, do you want to share? Um, so I was talking to Veronique is, um, so instead of empty nesting, like I was planning, I actually have an extra. My daughter's um, boyfriend is living with us. So there's a lot of us, um, they're doing remote learning in a small space and we were just talking about kind of bringing in some of the fun of being at college here. And so, um, you know, dancing and movement and music and party energy, and it but it would involve sort of a collective intention because right now I come in and there's all these unexpected piles everywhere, you know? So, um, so there's a, some negotiation, but I, I'm envisioning um, more like what you have, Rob, instead of getting that new couch, getting rid of the old ones and not replacing them, you know, doing something else. Um, just having that, yeah, that that movement and space and energy. And um, so, but it it's definitely different, you know, because it's a shared, much more of a shared space than anticipated. So that's part of this right now. <laughs> I do that, so thanks. Awesome. It's hard to do, right, Kristen? It is. I think sometimes too empty space can be very um, triggering. We want to fill it. Um, there's a, um, a human urge to fill it. Good metaphor. <laughs> it's good to leave it empty. There's a, I forget who wrote it. It's a sort of little essay someone wrote a while ago called the law, is it the law of the ugly chair, I think. And it was, I think she was an interior designer and she was helping people redesign their space. And she said, there was almost always this chair in someone's house and it was a very unpleasant chair. It was old, it was dirty and it, it had clearly been there for a very long time. And she would sort of gently suggest that perhaps they, they move it on. And there would be this sort of panic and people would sort of have this, but what would go there? You know, kind of like this, but it would be empty. What would we put there? And there's sort of like just clinging to this chair and 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 whatever it it symbolized for them and not allowing there to be empty space for a while to let either nothing fill it or something different to fill it um, but sometimes there has to be that space empty space for something new to cycle in um, 
And something actually that Veronique was talking about, and I don't know if other people are relating to this right now, when, when our, um, if we're new to working at home, the, 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 um, the spillover of, of home life and work life and how do we kind of create a bit of a, a, a division there, um, kind of, all right, my work day's ending, now I'm home and, and to kind of be able to create different spaces for that. Um, that's another unique challenge, I think, right now. Well, it's been a challenge for some people always if they work from home, but I think more people are in that space now, especially if if all of it is kind of multi-purpose. I don't have a large home either. So there's sort of a point where I have to kind of gather stuff up and, and put it aside so that you know we can have dinner <laughs> on the table. Yeah, exactly. I think that is a big thing for people these days to have that delineation of space. And then and then, like you said you know, the sheltering in is going to be pretty present, I think, uh, this winter. And how do we have spaces, and maybe even more than one space, that we um, can appreciate and be in through the winter? Right. I also worked on the outside of my house. You know, I was telling you earlier, I bought this thing. We have a little promo for something called the Solo Stove. I'm going to put it in the chat because, honestly, it was one of the best things that I purchased and it wasn't, you know, you can buy them different sizes. So the pricing kind of, you know, is there's a range, but to be able to have this little fire pit out in my back on my deck in the backyard, like has been a savior because sometimes I just don't want to be in and I'm cold. So I light a little fire and put my back jack on the, my floor chair right next to it. And I work out there. I can't see my clients, but I can do, whatever else. And it's so nice to have like a separate space from inside. It just makes such a big difference. Yeah. So Veronique says, it's been huge for us. Slowly we have created a school space and making it possible to get through that initial level of overwhelm with homeschooling. Yeah, and 2020 living outnumbered by <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gotta be really vital for your space. I'm I don't know if I don't know if you have another invitation, Kristen, but I'm just so curious if anybody, I mean, that people have been writing some of their inspiration in the chat, like Margaret's going through her journals and Vlad has been doing a lot of clearing. Um, I wonder if um, anybody has their, in, like what inspiration has come and, and to share it with us because it inspires all of us. And Leora says, I have empty space like a bowl or a stool. I end up filling it with stuff. I mean, that's just a huge metaphor for how we fill our minds and how we fill our bodies with food we don't need sometimes. And we fill our minds with thoughts we definitely don't need. And we fill our homes with objects we really don't need. And it's just a huge, you know, it's not a tiny thing like we think it is. Um, it's really, it's really powerful, uh, potent um, practice, meditation practice, right. you know, in total. Another, well, another prompt that we could end with is what are your, what are your favorite belongings and, and mm. why, and do you notice a thread through them? Um, I know for me, I, I have a paddleboard. I love to paddleboard. So that's one of my favorite all time favorite thing. You know, if the house was burning down, what would you grab other than the, you know, the title to the car and the house, that kind of stuff. But, you know, what would you grab? What would those items be? Um, 
Mm, that's a good question. Let's put that in the chat. I wouldn't even think to grab the title to my car. Yeah, well, <laughs> some people do. But, no, I wouldn't either. I would. I I'd grab my cats. I you know, mm -hmm. uh, my yeah. my children. Um, but yeah, living I'd, beings. Yeah. yeah, Paul would grab his bicycle. I have a little sentimental box of very old things that I love that I would grab. Mm -hmm. One time I had a fire in a house that I lived in and I grabbed a few things. My mother was actually visiting me. I was in Connecticut and we ran out of the house and I grabbed like a few things I don't didn't think. And when I was standing outside, and I mean, luckily everything was fine, but the smoke's billowing out, you know, it was a duplex and my neighborhood started a fire. So, but anyway, and I looked down at the things that I had grabbed and there was something that four people in my life important you know had given me so it was a pillow you know but it was my best friend and give me the pillow something my dad gave me and something my brothers gave me it was really without thinking so i don't know what i would take now i well probably i yeah i have no probably my computer because the photos are on there but <laughs> great question I love seeing everyone's what they're writing. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It's such good work, Kristen. I, I my son is going to be moving back in here for uh, temporarily, and he needs a little more uh, space cleared out for him. And so, even before this was happening, I'm prepping myself for another round of what brings me joy and what do I just not need. And um, I've done that throughout since March. Like I just kept un, un opened every drawer, every closet, every corner, every bag. My basement is virtually empty, literally. Oh, I wanna say one more thing about the basement. So a couple of years ago, I had 1-800, what is it? 1-800 pickup junk, 1-800, you know that thing? Yeah, that big purple. And they pulled up to the side door, which goes to the basement, and they took everything away. <laughs> and they kept saying to me, you could sell these things, you know? And I'm like, take them, like, just take everything away. So now I have an empty basement, which is awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah there's, there's another whole other, I mean, there's Feng Shui, but then there's also, was it Bhagwan, I think? So that you're sort of the quadrants of your house and energy. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. so many ways you could go off, go in different tangents here. Yeah, it's great. I, I want to do like, I want you to do a day long or a half a day workshop. So if you do that, please let us know. Okay. Yeah, 100 got junk. That's it. I love <laughs> so yeah. I have a tip um, okay. that I want to give people about photos. Yeah. Everyone takes photos nowadays um, with their phone. And there's uh, something called Google Photos, if you're not familiar with it. And they offer free backup of all your photos, unlimited. And the great thing about it is I find that in years past, I used to take a lot of photos and on trips and things, and I never really looked through those photos. I had the photos, they were in albums and they sat like maybe somewhere in the house. And how often did I really look at them? Not very often and hanging on to them nevertheless. But with Google photos, a wonderful thing is that Google somehow like understands what's in the photos. It knows where they were taken. It, it knows who's in the photos. 
and it starts organizing them for you with artificial intelligence. And then like a year later, it says, hey, look what you did last year this time. And you get this little snapshot of a bunch of photos that where you were a year ago. Um, so you don't have to worry about the clutter of these photos. And it kind of like brings them back to life for you and gives them meaning because you, you're kind of like introduced to them every so often by this artificial intelligence that says, hey, here's some photos of a, of a vacation you were on, take a look. You know, after a long time has passed and you get to relive it and, um, and not have, you know, the, the, the worry of the clutter of where my photos are in my computer and what if the hard drive crashes and I lose them. It, it's all a, a non-existent thing. So I, I take photos of my, my phone now and then I delete them after they get backed up to Google. So my phone is more or less decluttered of photos and they're all backed up. And it's really kind of a nice feeling. It's like, I don't have the clutter anymore. Google just takes care of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. That's so cool. All right, another resource. So many. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Kristen. This was amazing. Seriously, if you do a workshop online on Zoom, please let us know. I would love to attend. Um, really inspiring. And, um, and that's a little planting a seed for you because I really hope you do it. Okay. <laughs> I really do. Because um, we could go on really, honestly. I, I yeah. yeah, the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> tip of the iceberg. Um, this is totally great. Oh my gosh, so inspired. Um, thank you everybody for being here. Thank you, Kristen. Next week we have Amriti coming and we're gonna have like an art experience. So bring your, yeah, bring your kids, <laughs> bring your um, art supplies. Um, she's a wonderful friend I've known since my expressive arts days at Lesley College in the 90s. Um, some of you know her, I think Leora knows her. Anyway, uh, that's going to be really fun. That'll be next week. And on election day, we're going to have a community gathering. So I won't have somebody um, coming. Uh, I think that feels like a really good day just to be together and to share. And so uh, come and, and bring your friends and communities. More of a, the more the merrier on that day, November 3rd. Um, that's in two weeks. So yeah, have a beautiful day, everybody. And I'll be sending Kristen's contact info out and... Uh, have a lovely, uh, calm and clarifying decluttering day. I think that <laughs> that feels right. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Mwah, lots of love. Thank you. That was great. Go out and spark some joy. Yes, that's exactly it, Laura. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Great week, everyone. Great. Bye. Bye.